Pojo. Ani. Welcome to Enwaying, our sound podcast. This is our podcast about raising children in Anishinaabemowin as second language learners. I'm Mashko Gapakwe, and this is my husband. Here we will be talking about stories, challenges, triumphs, and tips as we share our experiences about our household of five. Beamed Beam again. again. Oh, 
Guijame ude Nemosh Dam Nawat Ganabach Nguitse Ma Ne? Naka Nguitse Ma Dwa Ne Dwa Nguitse Ma Dwa Nude Sanaka Misen and I Mhm Ginago Gigin Bao de Chipabuning Gishpan Ginundan Gishpan Ganundan Ganundaban Organization of Hadek Gwewe John Guam Daish Gwewe John Guam Daish How we march Tom? No, we march Tom Green March Tom and Akutna. Not much then. March Tom and Nanongwa. Besser. So I think we're just going to first acknowledge um, our views on what we mean by learning grammar as adults or maybe not as adults but I'll let you speak to that first just so this is kind of what I like talking about um, <laughs> so there's a lot of um, misunderstandings or uh, misnomers about the word grammar and what that means and people okay. think that um, if you're going to learn grammar then it's um, all about these big word concepts like conjugation and verbs and nouns and preterite and Suffix. suffixes and prefixes and imperative using all form. these yeah, I'm and, just kidding <clears throat> and using all these words that we don't really understand when we first hear them so it, could, it kind of for some people it turns them off of learning but it's not really about learning those terms it's more about learning how the words work and how to put your sentences together and no matter what no matter how you're trying to learn you're going to be picking up these ways of or you have to pick up these ways of how the language works and how to say something happened in the past or how to say something is going to happen in the future things like that so my view is that in the case for adults, we need to consciously learn those. And even if you're in immersion, there's still, you're going to have to find a way to figure out, okay, how did, how did, how do I say I already did that versus I'm doing it right now versus I want to do that in the future. That's my kind of little explanation on on what um, kind of the word grammar kind of is sometimes a bad word in in our uh, in our language learning circles or um, people who might not completely understand how it comes across or that we don't look at the language in a sacred way or that we don't look at the language as alive in a thing it's just that we we completely do and we we honor it in that way and we honor it and the context it needs to be to the best of our abilities. It's just, 
and to know some of those terms, sometimes it's easier to access information that is only written in those ways. So if we're looking for something and there's only reference in a linguistic book, you know, then if you know those words, it's easier to access, you know. That is neither here nor there, you know, referencing those books, but there is books out there that do help, you know. Rand Valentine has one, for example, the reference grammar book, which I'm, well, I, I'll admit, I'm still too scared to open <laughs> because I'm not there yet. Um, and anytime I do, I don't understand enough of it, so I know where I am in my journey, and, and hopefully I feel like one day it'll be there when I'm ready to to read it. Yeah, so it's like people like like language nerds like me that kind of look into those kinds of things, like those books, and uh, have to try and interpret the linguistic terminology, and then when I go and teach it, I kind of have to make it, put it into layman's terms or something that's understandable, um, not even necessarily explaining it in English, but somehow getting it across in if, if we're trying to do immersion and, and trying to get the concepts, the concept of it across to people and even like our kids. So, Especially um, in these days with, um, you know, we can't access elders even if we had access to speakers um, just for their own safety and for ours. And not everyone has access to go and sit with fluent speakers to hear those things over and over, you know, um, to get those grammar patterns just from just sitting and li listening and immersion. I guess what I'll... I'll explain like a simple grammar pattern if people don't know what that that means or sounds like or looks like. So a simple one is just like using past tense. So or even the personal pronoun. So if I want to say I'm eating, nuisen, and then I want to say I ate in giwisen, or if I want to say I'm running. Miptu. I ran Ngimiptu. So that's like a simple grammar pattern and then it gets more complicated but so just knowing you put the gi for past and that's that's a simple kind of beginner level type grammar pattern. Yeah, like I found the pattern. All of these are past tense, all of these have gi, right? So um for those that don't have necessarily the access to go and have those hours of listening um, and have to listen via online or recordings or whatever, or only have access to books, um, this is just one other way for them to help revitalize or reclaim the language in these weird circumstances that we find ourselves today. And because of the displacement of a lot of inter urban indigenous families. So I just wanted to put that out there too because um, neither Ozawa or myself have any family who speak or have grown up around it so we have had to make do with um, either traveling far to go to have those opportunities or to be accessing like things that we have around us resources so setting that aside so when we say that kids should learn grammar and what what my opinion is is that yeah, kids should learn grammar, but it's not the grammar of let's sit down, let's 
write down the whiteboard and go over grammar patterns with her two-year-old. It's um, using words in different contexts and in their, in their different um, forms. So like one story, when I first started learning, um, I met this other young mother and she had a, must have been a five or six year old. So her daughter came home one day from school and she had this language papers and she had a word minokajeb and she told her mom like I don't know what this means what's minokajeb mean and then her mom told her oh I tell you this every day like I, every morning we say minokajeb and then her daughter was like well I don't know what that means and she said oh it means good morning so but because her she didn't give any other context or use it in any other way um, there was no um, under like a real understanding of what that meant it was just kind of like a greeting in the morning it could have meant the sun is up yeah rise and shine yeah or you had a good sleep like she didn't really know what that what that meant because there's no other context in which are you hungry did you have good dreams in which she used it um, so using, um, using like kajab in other contexts, like wabang kajab or chinago kajab, um, kids will pick pick up on those things quicker than adults for sure. So that's just one um, one aspect of it that in which we have as learners. Um, trying to teach um, children, we have to think of other, like, as many contexts and different ways of using the words as we can for them to truly understand it. So another way is, like we have these transitive verbs, which you're just adding things to the beginning or end to the words, and then they change. So if I want to say, I'll see you later, Bama Pico Abmin. And a lot, a lot of learners know that, like they know that phrase. Um, but then, what if I want to say, "I'll, will see you all later." You have to. There's a different ending for that. And then, what if I just wanted to say, "Oh, I'll see him later," or her later. So using those different endings like I have to consciously think about um, okay I'm using this root wabam and I want my children to fully grasp what that means and so I, in different contexts I have to think about using that word and how it changes and they, they can pick it up and so they're technically they're learning the grammar of the language um, so another uh, example was I was in uh, I was in this classroom at our school that was doing immersion and the kids were still speaking in English but I knew all of the kids had gotten some language from our daycare and um, being in the being in that classroom for a bit so I know I knew that they knew some language 
and so I was kind of playing with this one boy and I wasn't speaking English to him at all and he was speaking English like he had like little dinosaurs or something and then um, the teacher announced that we were going to be going outside or no there was an announcement that we were going to be going outside that we were going to have a fire drill so I had I asked them in the language I said are you, do you do you want to go outside? I said, Guijana Gojing. And then he responded to me, Gawin. So before that, he didn't use any of the language. And then he he knew what I said and he, and he responded in language. So it was like me just staying in the language kind of pushed him to, to use it. And then I responded to him with, Gawin na Guijasi Gojing. Like you're, you don't want to go outside, and he's like going. So I, I purposely did that so that he could hear the negative version of that, like going guijasi, like the the negative ending on that. <clears throat> the the negating. <laughs> Just go ahead. Yeah. So uh, just things like that in which. We as adults, I feel we have to know those and kind of be conscious of what we're saying to them. And uh, like we can't just, I can't just use Guamin and then that's it. I have for her or for our daughter or our son to truly pick up the language and know how it works. I have to um, role model or demonstrate the different ways of saying yeah, because the, the language also like, kind of flows like that too. And I was noticing that. I think I was talking about that like a couple weeks ago after my first semester. I was kind of talking about how I was beginning to understand those, was it the filler words? I was explaining kind of how like, how, you, how those words kind of, I think I was explaining it like a video game or something or like Tetris how like they kind of pick up and move around and you can like sort them in and out and I was beginning to visualize it now and I could see how the language was was um, animate after like doing these exercises over and over again but my main point is um, so there's words like um, shkapagagun shkapag shkap so hold on shkapagagun um, that I've been able, like, I've had the benefit or the privilege of being able to hear it used in so many different ways in, over the past year or two years. I remember hearing it at Ishkanishnabembek at the ending ceremony used as, um, not as key, which is how I understood it to be, but as, like, tools, something that you would use to help you, that would help unlock something or help, you know, and then I heard it again in class, but it was used as, um, it was used in a similar fashion, like almost like it was, it was a resource or a tool or, um, a way of extending to get what you need. Some, some similar to like a key, um, or it was like, I'll have to look up, I wrote it down, um, but even as an adult, 
learning the different ways in which a word isn't married to uh, a meaning or it isn't married to an English meaning. It can have several different ways it molds because of the way the language works. So being able to bring those out and use them with your children because, yeah, I'm just even noticing them as an adult. Using these things within your heart to unlock, using these tools to unlock things within ourselves and the fire. Like, I don't want to say it all here and I don't want to explain it all and, um, and I could be wrong because it was only, I only have it from a memory and a memory only because it's stuck in my heart. So I could have it completely wrong. And this is, a, if I do, it's a perfect example of context, right? Um, sound very similar. He's talking about something translates to, to English. I hear unlock. He could have been referring to the bundle and I just didn't know. I'd have to go and ask after that conversation, but it was within ceremony. So we'll just leave it. But I just wanted to, there was another point where like in class that it was used again, that word. And I was kind of like, huh, like did not think it had that many meanings. Was there anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on about, you know, children acquiring grammar or learning grammar, but maybe not through the ways that we understand it? Uh, I guess just re reiterating, because there's a lot of misconceptions and people, people want to say that grammar isn't useful or they, it's not, it's the Shaganash way or to acquire the language they don't want to learn the language so it's just kind of reiterating that you're whatever you want to call it whether you want to call it grammar or how the language works or the essence yeah or yeah anything whatever you want to call it you still have to know how to put the language together and that's in English as well like we're technically when we speak English to children or babies, they're learning the structure of English and how to put things together. I don't know if you have any examples or experiences. The one that came off the top of my head when you were talking was maybe Zadai, and this is probably one that comes up in English a lot too, and, and that is her going, Wanesh. And. Well, She's using the English word what. Oh yeah, she does use what. Yeah, she'll be like, what? But I think what she means is why. And so I often repeat, like, Ani Dash. But she doesn't understand. She thinks I'm saying hi again. So it, or she thinks that I'm asking a different, like, she just doesn't have, understand the concept yet. So it's like working on that. That is a whole grammar in itself, like, Okay, how do I use Ani Dash enough and emphasize it in enough situations versus when I go Ani, like, you know, repeat yourself, I didn't hear you, versus Ani, like, Bojo, Ani, like, how are you? Versus, like, Wanesh, Ani, Ani, like, Wiganesh. Yeah, so that's like another one that I was talking about in our earlier podcast when, I, when we kind of role play with their toys and stuff. So that was one that I've been trying to use more lately is the Anidash and then plus Anja makes it Y. So so I'll make the person like say, oh, I'm Bakaday. And then the other person I'll make say, 
Anidash Enja Bakadeyan. So he's saying, Why are you hungry? And then uh, the other guy replied, Oh, Gawaini Gilis Nasinangwa. So giving her like more context of of using that um, Anish, or Anidash Enja, or Anish Enja, whatever, and then the verb, whatever it is. And then getting a, a reply from from another from another toy so that she's seeing that or hearing that conversation and she seems to understand when it's in that context but and um, we've just started doing that too within the last two three weeks um it was a suggestion that we start having dialogues that we have as adults in front of the kids to show them how to have healthy dialogue about outcomes consequences conflict conflict resolution open dialogue and communication so um we've just kind of started having these you know oh no it's going the memwendazine geet p pagado pagadoyan or is that right pagadoyan yeah and then you know you being like anidash gashe yeah anidash gashe Oh, um, miskishin, uh, um, gi pokwakwat gi gi pakete pakete this like when it hit me, um, miskishin the manadendum nongom, kasas tamenanos, wakeneshe kidian echo in the manadendum man. Going to the Oh, mikwaj, nongom gawin, gawin no waj na mana dendam, wiganish washed again. Um, gishpinwa pagato pagatoyen, bin dick and dayan. Gawin ni pagatosi. We did tape and did tape and not, did tape and not, said? No. So what she said for those that might not know is that like, oh I don't like when you throw something and Why not? Um, yeah, and then I asked why and then she had an explanation of well, it know, hurts me yeah, when the hurts. ball hits and I don't it makes me sad. Do you have anything you want to say since I'm sad? Yeah, so, like, I don't, I won't throw it, I'll roll it. Uh, and then, so, we've only really just acquired that skill, but it's, it's not only, like, a conflict resolution skill, but it's also, like, it's, grammar is built right into it, like, it's just speaking, right? Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. she gets to hear out loud those questions, those things that we already know as adults, that inner dialogue that we want to give them. And then there's more exposure, right? Um, so that was just one example of something that we just started doing. Yeah, so like concepts of like, when I was thinking of like, the non-physical ones, like we have, like ones that she picked up pretty, pretty easy were like, 
zikon, like it's heavy, or non-zikon, it's light, because we could actually pick up something, and she she got that, but like uh, things like bama, like bama p, like not just bama p as in see you later, but like bama, like later, like we're gonna do it later. We just came in bama. And so just using that and reinforcing it. And now she knows kind of the concept of that. Or like Wabung or Chinago. Kind of bringing stuff up like, Oh, Nikwandana, Gajichige, Like, do you remember what we did yesterday? Or just saying, talking about things about yesterday. And then talking about things about tomorrow. Like, Wabung Kajib. Sometimes she won't want to go to bed, so we'll say something like, like we'll, we'll play tomorrow morning. And then she she understands that, you know, those concepts of tomorrow and yesterday and using that in the language. Yeah, we use Musia for that. It's not correct, but she uses Musia for long time ago, which is really yesterday, which is something that at least I, I've experienced. Maybe Nishinaabek way back when didn't say that, but all little kids that I've met will be like, a long time ago yesterday, you know? And so she will do that too, to kind of refer that it was in the past. Um, because she's just started with her gigis and her gauze, I've noticed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's, that's just sort of coming in now, and she's about, yeah, three and a half years now. Yeah. Yeah, and then I've been trying to like sometimes we'll go for walks and I'll just try and talk about what we're doing as we're doing it, like just so that she can hear it, the things that we're doing outside. And uh, like running, jumping and stuff like that and we're walking in the forest and we're going to the river and there's other things that um like I'll just lately I've been trying to just make up stuff to be silly, so I'll be like, today I saw an elephant riding a bike outside, just to hear, just to have her hear different contexts of different things, and that's what she gets. That's what she would get in English stories anyway, or English cartoons. But and she completely understands it because she'll be like, oh, we, like you didn't see that. And Sean the kid. Yeah. Yeah, that that concept too. Um, the first time I noticed, like, so we say, Nishaganar, Nishan the kid, for just kidding. The first time that I really noticed was she was, we were leaving and getting in the car, and we have our a little sidewalk leading up to our car. And she wasn't. She was like just staying back near the near the house, and so I said, "Okay, I'm leaving then." Ninamaja, I'm leaving, and so I got in the car, and then the car was on, and I just kind of sat there, and then she kind of started getting a little sad. So then I got back out, and then I said, "Nishad, the kid." I'm just kidding, and I start laughing, and then she's like, oh, okay, and she started laughing too. 
So that was the first time that I had noticed that she got the concept of of what that just kidding means. And I, I don't even know if she knows just kidding in English. Yeah, I don't know if she does. I never heard her say it. Yeah, so, but she gets, like, the concept of, of like, we're playing a joke and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she'll say, like, no sin dao, or bojo, bojo knows, she'll always say to me. And eventually she'll say, and she'll indicate. Yeah, so she has, like, her sense of humor, and she's putting it through in the language. Or shishmaji, her, um... Ah oh, man, but that only happens if we use it. So if we use it a lot, she'll use it a lot. Um, and it's one I use a lot in English, so I've been trying to use it in the language. Um, so another thing that I do is I read to her while she goes to sleep. And I will read out of books that have no picture pictures that are for adults, that have big, long, lengthy texts that are full of really good grammar. And I do this, one, so she can hear me properly use grammar correctly, sound correctly, like I'm a fluent language speaker because I'm reading and I have, I have a little bit of cadence when I get going, so it's for her to actually hear me speaking, although she doesn't get the context of me, you know, showing her pictures or describing things. She gets to hear on my chest me speaking Nishnabemwen, like a fluent speaker. It also helps me learn those grammar patterns. I find after I've read like a book five or six times all the way through, I start noticing, oh my gosh, I've noticed that they use this part, this part, this part, like in these same ways over and over again. I'm starting to get why and how just by reading and exposing myself. And then it also puts her to bed because she's listening, one, to a regular cadence of just a lot in the schnapp I'm win of really dull stuff. I'm not using any English. I'm not saying, you know, wow, and then this happened, and then this happened. I'm just, you know, ingoding, amuja, jaganashakiba, daboshana, what, mampin, shnabeyaking, gi, you know. So that um, has been helpful for me and for her. I used to get really irritated and annoyed. She's three. She's been sleeping in a bed for almost a year now or sorry, over a year now, um, on her own through the night, and potty trained. So I don't mind the fact that we still have to go in and help her get to sleep. And I just got sick and tired of like sitting there trying not to move, trying not to breathe for hours on end, and feeling like it was not a waste of time, but just feeling frustrated that there's nothing I can do. And so my my solution was I can rock her, I'll get some cuddle time in, some special time while she's young, and she can listen to me speak the language, and there's no fuss or fight, and then she can go right over. So I'm learning, she's learning, she's falling asleep, easy process. Recommend it if you like to read in the language, I do. Um, just one thing that I'll touch on is that sometimes people say, babies our adults learn like babies like that's how we should learn the language and just like what you're saying like cuddle time and affection <laughs> and yeah. using those using that language with them like 
I don't know a program where a fluent speaker is going to hold me in their arms <laughs> and, and be like, Oh, Gazagan, Jim Shin, and hold me close to them. And <laughs> I mean, that might be fun, but <laughs> we don't, well, as far as, like, I don't know any programs where you're going to get that one-on-one -on -one affection time with a fluent speaker like you do when you're a baby and getting all of this time right from sunrise to sundown with an adult and so that's one of the huge differences that I think that babies have over like adults like the theory that adults should learn like babies and just like things like walking for the first time like you know there's that emotion that's involved in that or like talking for the first time and your parents are going yay and and clapping and how do you how do you um, get that same type of emotion in a program or like with a fluent speaker because you're already adults so there's not a lot of things that or like these other emotions of like like standing on the sofa and you they're gonna fall and you gotta like tell them to get down and stuff like that and you don't get that in, in a, even if you're trying to do immersion in the house with adults and elders, like you just don't get that same emotion or that affection um, that you do as, as children. And that, to me, that plays a big part in, in learning language too. Well, it's a great part of um, learning self-regulation. It's a big part of development those times I could talk about it now that I have been learning about that but I know that this isn't that type of program um, but those are like key factors that we talk about so for those who are out there who do understand a little bit about child development early childhood education we know that in order for children to learn and grow and develop better they need to have those strong bonds from the beginning those affectionate tones those affectionate touches that intimate time to learn that it is safe um, and how to regulate when things go awry, how to bring themselves back down by being exposed to those things. So through language learning in that type of a setting, um, as, as, as children, they're going to learn much differently than people who have learned, um, who have not learned their language or are learning as adults, who still feel those emotional blockages of not having learned it at an early age and not having learned it and not knowing why they don't know it. There's a whole other like dynamic that comes with adults learning versus children learning from the start. And that plays a huge factor in how people react and how people are triggered and how people respond to hearing new things or making a mistake. So. And just so that we're connecting it to, I guess, this, um, episode? this episode theme is that that's technically called sociolinguistics when uh, you're learning a language and you're attaching emotion or different context of, of emotions to that and how to use those words and you're you're making a connection that's kind of being embedded in you like um, like when you say Jim Shin like kiss me you're 
you're getting that you're feeling that love from your parents and so that's like the whole that's technically a, a grammatical piece of of language learning the whole section in itself so yeah lots to look at lots to consider we're just kind of coming at it from our stance it doesn't mean that this is the BL end all this is just where we've come in our journey and, and what we've gathered and collected along the way and how we've been able to navigate and uh, decipher through this mess of walking through two worlds at one time and bringing our babies along with us. So in saying that, I think we'll probably say... Gekwa. Anshit ken. Anshit ken. I try to say it at the same time as you. Yo, gross. Gegwa ant sheep ant Yeah. There we go. I got it. Miss sing. Aha. Mama pigwa menem. Mama pi. Ngwachki bizendo yak.